Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. We are, uh, we're going to jump into the word and um, uh, I'm going to pray one more time and just invite the Holy Spirit to be here. You know, as we've, as we've been processing through these last few weeks, I recognize very clearly that God has something new and fresh that he wants to do in our church and that he is doing in our church. And I also recognize that it stirs a lot of questions. It stirs a lot of thoughts. It stirs a lot of wondering about all of these things, especially when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And I want, I want you just to hear this as it sets the tone for what we're going to do today. That is okay. It is okay to have questions. It's okay to wonder. It's okay to have grown up or experienced one thing and then hear us saying something and trying to figure out what that looks like. It's okay to do that. But here's the key, and this is what I love, is I've had conversations with some of you as we have stepped into this series. The goal is that as we have questions, we continue to lean in to what the Holy Spirit is doing. We continue to lean into the word of God. We continue to lean in to desire understanding in this way. And when we have this attitude in this heart in our lives, that is something that God honors and rewards because we're seeking him for the answers. We're seeking him for what he would say. God, we don't always have all this figured out in our natural human mindset. So would you help us to be able to understand? And you know what? He's always faithful to do that. He's always faithful to answer. So Father, I ask that you would come right now and that you would just move in this place as you already have. I thank you for such a sweet time in your presence and being able to worship together. And Father, I ask that right now as we go to the word and we talk about the Holy Spirit, the incredible, amazing gift of the Holy Spirit, Lord, would you help us to have open ears, open eyes, to be attentive to what you want to say, what you want to do today. Lord, help us to be grounded in your word. Lord, help us to be grounded in what you want to say. Lord, help us to not, uh, not lean on opinion or lean on experience, but to lean on what the word of God says. And so, Father, we step into this time now full of faith to follow you and your leading and what you would do. I pray that you would annoy Ellie and I as we speak. Lord, put your words in our mouth for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we, we originally had talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago how this week we were going to have some time to be able to uh, pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, as, and as Ellie and I have just really been processing and praying, we really felt that we should just kind of pause for a moment and kind of just slow down to go back to the Bible on some things to really be able to allow ourselves time to process and walk through and see what the Bible has to speak and, uh, and just do that a little bit more. There's nothing wrong. We can never go wrong when we go back to the word and when we say, okay, would you illuminate, God, would you illuminate your word to us and give us understanding and clarity? And so um, we're going to be shifting that to next week. We're, we are going to give an opportunity the, at the end of service for those who would like to receive prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Um, and we'll explain more of that when we get there. Um, but today what we wanted to do, this is weird. Is that my mic just being redonkulous? I'm fine. Why do I not look fine? I don't look fine. Okay, cool. Um, 
but as we go through, uh, just being able to, uh, to know kind of where we're headed. Um, today, we're going to dig in with talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We want to talk about these two concepts here a little bit, but, um, but a couple of thoughts here, a couple of thoughts. If, if, if Ellie and I could just, um, just put on our, our pastor hat, just to be able to speak life into you this morning, a couple of things just to, to have to be able to take with you as reminders as we go through this. The first of these is this, that God's gifts are good and perfect. God's gifts are good and perfect. James 1.17 actually tells us that, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, the Father of lights, of whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now, the enemy would definitely not want you to receive all of the good things that God has for you. And so he will lie, and he will confuse, and he will try to distract, and he will try to mess up what God wants to bring and what God wants to give to your life. But remember that God's gifts are good and perfect, good and perfect. Yeah, the second thing that we just wanted to remind, like we're, we really wanted to take a minute at the beginning of this service just to like sit with you at coffee almost, you know, and just like, hey, let's have a conversation. And we want to really be able to just pastor the congregation through this because we are introducing something that some people have grown up with and some people it's a very new concept. So we just want to get everybody kind of in the same room together. And uh, the second thing is God is a God of order and he's a God of clarity. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 says, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints. And that part doesn't really apply here, but it does say that he's not the author of confusion. This applies to the Holy Spirit as well. The Holy Spirit isn't meant to confuse. It's not meant to be a confusing topic that makes us all kind of go crazy. I think that's what the enemy wants, but he is not the author of confusion. The enemy is. And so we can keep our eyes locked on him and keep asking him for clarity and he will give it. Um, he He is faithful when we ask him, hey, Lord, I need clarity on this. He is faithful to bring clarity. He's always faithful to follow through with that. So if you're having confusion, I would suggest, first of all, break off the confusion and say, I break off confusion in Jesus' name and believe that he is breaking that off and then ask him. I actually prayed that prayer this week myself. I said, Jesus, I just need real clarity here because I wanna communicate with clarity. And you know what happened? Literally within two hours, clarity came. And so I would encourage you, ask him for clarity. He showed up in a real way in the word. And that was just a beautiful thing. When you ask him for clarity, he's going to give it. First um, Corinthians 14, 40 says, but all things should be done decently and in order. So when we're inviting the Holy Spirit to come, it's not that all of a sudden everything goes chaos, like, and we don't know what's happening and everybody's like, ah, <laughs> Um, that, that's not what we're inviting to have happen here, okay? We're inviting a, a God that loves us and cares for us. And yes, there might, be peop- there might be strong emotions that sometimes come with the Holy Spirit. That is a very real thing. But that doesn't mean that all of a sudden chaos breaks out in the church. I think sometimes when we think of Holy Spirit come, some of us have a connotation that the enemy has actually brought on, which is that all of a sudden we're all out of control wild animals. And that is not true. We're still 
help humans, but we're filled with power from above. So um, just know God is a God of order and clarity. Oh, I'm sorry. I still am going. Um, (laughs) We are preaching together. Um, (laughs) The third thing is a life baptized in the spirit is powerful and it's also relevant. The the life in the spirit, when we are baptized in the spirit, it doesn't make us irrelevant, kind of weird, strange people and creatures that do weird things. We're actually very relevant to the world around us. It actually, the the power of the Holy Spirit is not meant to make us do goofy things in in our homes or in our churches. It's actually meant to empower us to go out, to reach a world that does not know Jesus. That's what it's for. It's not meant to make us just like reclusive. It's actually meant to make us bold. And so we're just going to hold on to that as we go through this. A life baptized in the spirit is powerful and it's relevant to a world that is living in darkness. That's what it's for. Yeah. We were talking about this idea of being Holy Spirit filled and Holy Spirit baptized. And both Ellie and I are both of those things. We're Holy Spirit filled and Holy Spirit baptized. And what we've realized in our life is that the most amazing thing that the Holy Spirit has done is equipped us to be able to be his hands and feet. I, I just want you to know this right now, that it is impossible, and we feel this on a daily basis, it is impossible for us to do what we're doing to be at the spearhead of One Life Church without the Holy Spirit. The only thing that allows us to be able to even do any of the things we're doing is him. And so when you look at something and say, what does the empowerment of the Holy Spirit look like? It's the power to do something that in your natural strength would be impossible to do. This is what the empowerment's for. This is what the infilling is for. Um, as As you process through things about the Holy Spirit and, and questions and trying to like figure all this out, um, a question that I would ask you to ask yourself and to process through is this. It's if you're apprehensive about any aspect of the Holy Spirit for whatever reason, what is holding you back from receiving all he has for you? And I don't say it like, what's holding you back? I say it like, what's holding you back? Because here's the thing we need to understand is that the enemy does not want you to walk in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he will try to keep you locked down to where suddenly we start to believe things and think through things and things start to hold us back from what God has. Some of these things really quickly. Fear. Fear can hold us back from receiving the fullness of what God has. Insecurity. What's this going to look like? How is this going to work? If the Holy Spirit empowers my life, like, is it going to look different? Am I going to be different? Am I going to be the same? Like all of this insecurity, which really is just pride masked in a different way. Here's a fun one. We always love talking about this. Apathy. Now, I'm not saying this in a condemnational way, but I am saying one of the things that we need to do as believers and followers of Jesus all the time is to check our hearts for areas of apathy. Where have we kind of gotten cold? Where have we backed off? And where has that kept us from stepping into everything that God has? Another thing that can keep us from and hold us back from what God has is comparison. Well, it has to look like this. My life has to look, what in the world is this doing? I'm sorry, Matt. Maybe I'm 
doing something weird. But anyway, I'll try not to move. Comparison. I'll finish the message. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing is just your theology. What you've read in the scripture, what you've processed through scripture, can be something that can hold you back in some ways. And, and the reason I say this is because if the enemy uses any of these things to hold you back. So my encouragement to you as a pastor is just take account of that. Process through. Are there some areas that are holding me back from what God has? What do those look like? And how do I need to have him help shape and change my life? Do you receive that? So today we are talking about spirit baptism and spirit filled. And we're going to, the Bible actually talks about both of those terms and uses both of those terms. So we just want to like really lay a strong foundation for our church in this because we want to be a church that's empowered by the Holy Spirit, filled by the Holy Spirit and going out and making a difference in our world. That's the kind of church we want to be. And so for us, this is a foundation we want to lay. We don't want to just breeze through this and, okay, we got to the other side. Yay, we're done. We actually really want to lay a strong foundation in the from the Bible for you guys so that we can move into this with faith um, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. So we're going to use the Word of God to, to build our faith. Um, so I'm going to define some terms for us first, and then we're going to go through and actually look at some pictures in the Bible of what Holy Spirit filled looks like and Holy Spirit baptized looks like. What does that look like biblically? So um, the first thing I'm going to talk about here is the Holy Spirit filled. This is something, and, and these are scriptures we've referenced in weeks past, so you might be like, oh, you already said that, and it's like, yeah, just go with us, okay? I'm, we're, we're, we want to kind of go uh, incremental, yeah, be refreshed and reminded. Um, Holy Spirit filled is something that happens the moment we confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit filled is like a instantaneous, you believe in Jesus, you say, I want you as my Lord and Savior. I receive your blood to wash away my sin. I recognize I'm a sinner and I receive you as Lord and Savior. Immediately, the Holy Spirit comes and he fills you. That's not delayed. We're born again at that moment and the breath of life comes and fills us. Uh, John 20, 19 through 22 is a moment where Jesus had resurrected from the dead. So he's with his disciples after the resurrection. And he actually walks through a wall at this moment, um, which is awesome and incredibly terrifying. But um, <laughs> I'll read it here. It says, when it was evening on the first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. Now notice something, they are afraid, okay? These people are afraid. They have the doors locked, okay? So let's just remember that as we're going through here, okay? Fear has filled their hearts. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side. So the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, in this moment, what we can see is they all saw the resurrected Lord Jesus, had revelation that he had raised from the dead and he was covering their sin. And now he breathes on them and they receive a filling of the Holy Spirit. 
these people received a filling of the Holy Spirit right there. Um, and we're going to go on and talk more about a continual feeling, filling in just a minute, but we wanted to just lay out a groundwork. We can look at the disciples' example and see that in that moment, Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit for the very first time, right? And it, it, this is the first time we see that happen. He breathes on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. Um, and then the Holy Spirit, we're going we're gonna to keep building this out. So just go with me here. Their Holy Spirit baptism comes later. So in Acts 1, 4 through 5, this is later on after the resurrection. There had been a period of time. He was on earth for 40 days, walking around, showing himself to people and, and walking into rooms that were locked. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> literally, yeah. Um, Acts 1, 4 through 5, he's, he's with them. While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. Okay? The Father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in just a few days. Now, these people had already been breathed on, and Jesus had already said, receive the Holy Spirit. So there is something secondary that's happening right here, right? We are not looking at the same moment. We're looking at two separate moments. And one, they received an immediate, like he's there, he's with him. And then there's a secondary moment that comes at Pentecost. And I actually didn't put um, that scripture in there, but later, 10 days later, we see the Holy Spirit, and we've preached on this already, but the Holy Spirit comes in the room with flames of fire and falls on all of those people, and they're immediately filled with the Spirit, and they start speaking in other tongues. And so we know that Jesus follows through on this, but out of this passage, Acts 1, 4 through 5, there's two things that I want to point out. First of all, he says, um, let me see where it is. Oh, the, it's not this verse. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to read it later. But Jesus commands them to wait for the baptism of the Spirit. He actually commands them in Luke to wait. He says, I command you to wait. He didn't say, okay, you know, I suggest that you wait there. He actually said, I command you. He wanted them to wait. And so this is a subsequent one-time experience with the Holy Spirit that comes after you have your first filling. And sometimes we see in Acts, actually it happens at the same time. Some people Peter was preaching to and uh, they didn't know the gospel. He preached and while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on them. And so we know that they had to have accepted Christ as their savior, um, maybe in their hearts. It was like they believed in their heart and maybe they were having a conversation and they confessed out loud. But we know that they were already filled and then the Holy Spirit fell on them a second time. So, um, the second thing in here is that the baptism of the Spirit is actually a promise of the Father. Jesus says in that section, wait for the Father's promise. Isn't that beautiful? The Father promised a gift for us. And it wasn't that we would just walk alone and have no equipment for the battle. He actually has a promise to make us clothed to be able to walk out the things that he's calling us to do. We're supposed to share this now. Okay. I was I was given a message, okay. not from the Holy Spirit, but from the back. 
So we have the filling and we have the baptism. We have the filling and the baptism. I want to talk about filling for just a second and introduce kind of a a picture to help us with this. But when we talk about the Holy Spirit filling, we're talking about taking in the daily spiritual nourishment that we need in our lives. Okay, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit is something that happens on a daily basis. And it's very practical, but it's very powerful. It comes through scripture, times of prayer, worship, And a big one that's huge that I think in our culture gets overlooked a lot is solitude and quietness. It's it's finding times every single day to be able to put these things into our life, to be able to receive these things into our life. The first and foremost thing, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, it is through the word of God. We cannot be Holy Spirit-empowered Christians without having everything based on the Word of God and letting that be the thing that feeds our spirit. So when we talk about this Holy Spirit filling, it's a daily thing that we do. And it's in this daily filling where we actually become more and more grown into the image of Christ. It's this thing that, that does a deep work in our life as we position ourselves on a daily basis to receive the Holy Spirit, the strength of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit every single day. It's also this infilling that actually is what produces the fruits of the Spirit in our life. As we are positioning ourselves to receive from Him on a daily basis, it's positioning ourselves for the work to be done in our life that brings the fruit, that brings the character of Christ, all of these things that are present but it's something that we have to do on a daily basis. You know, when, when Ellie said it, that when you asked Jesus into your life and when you gave him your life, you were filled with the Spirit in that moment. But the filling that you received when you gave your life to Christ is not enough to carry you for your entire life. We talked about this the first week. It wasn't like you were born and took one breath and then you're good for the rest of your life. This is a daily thing that we need to be able to position ourselves in because here's the deal, and this is when we get into the word picture here. If we're not positioning ourselves to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, we will go empty. And we will end up walking around as empty vessels trying to come up with some sort of thing that we can do, but we don't have the power and the source to actually strengthen us to be able to do that. So as we talk about this and go through the illustration, and I'm going to jump down in the notes here in a little bit, but the illustration around a spirit-filled life is the idea of a well. It's the idea of a well. In John 4, we see this picture of Jesus that he was sitting next to this well, and he had a conversation with the Samaritan woman. And as the Samaritan woman came, he was talking about water and he was using the well right there as a metaphor for something spiritual that he wanted to do in life. And Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again, pointing to the well. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. The water springing up to internal life inside of our well, the well of our person, is the Holy Spirit. And it's something that is is infused into us by something external. It's not built on us. It's not what we can come up with or contrive or try to be or try to live. It's a power by the Holy Spirit, but we need to continually be filled by this. Here's a couple of thoughts on a well. 
I find this very, very interesting. Characteristics of this. Wells, for the most part, are underground and out of sight. You don't see them. But they have to be filled and they have to be there. It's not like the water tower that just got torn down, you know? The Nampa water tower, right? It's a spectacle. It's there. No, it's hidden. It's underground. You can't see it. Another thing about a well is that you have to draw the water out. You have to actually be able to pull the water out to be able to use it for nourishment in your life. It takes work. It takes a daily practice of getting into this and seeing. The thing about a well, too, if you look at a natural well, it can actually get low sometimes, and it has to regain its fill height in order to be useful. If it dips below a certain point, the well actually is useless. Think about your life for a second. If we do not keep ourselves filled on a daily basis with the Holy Spirit, we can actually become useless. So empty that it's hard for us to even function, let alone do anything amazing for God. So we need the Spirit to fill us. In the country, if you were to look out into the country, and especially in older days, there was every, every home would have a well. Every home would have a well that they would draw the water in wives because everybody had to be able to have a well that would provide water for them. The, 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 the well that was at a certain house would not provide water for the entire community. It was just for that one home. It was there to, to strengthen that one. Now, that, the, the water in that could be used to refresh somebody in a momentary basis, but it was really for that specific family. Our well is something that is used to fill our life with the presence of God in order for us to be able to move out in what he has. When our wells get low, we actually can feel, feel, Physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally empty. And a lot of times, we try to come up with different ways to actually medicate and make ourselves full. Right? Some of these ways are like trying to stay busy. Well, if I just stay busy, then I'm going to be full. Because I won't think about the fact that I'm empty. (laughs) Trying to sleep it off. You can't sleep off the emptiness of the Holy Spirit. Like that doesn't just go away after a nap. We try to bring media and distraction in that somehow will try to fill us up with something that only the Holy Spirit can do. Feeling empty can cause us not to want, now get this, it'll cause us to not to want to do the things that we actually need to do in order to fill our lives. See, when we're empty, we don't want naturally because of our flesh to dig into the word, to spend times in worship to spend times in the presence of God. So we look to all these other things when those are the very things that we need to do in order to be filled again. Does this make sense? So what do we do? We get up. Literally, we get up and we carve out times to be with the Lord, to sit with the Holy Spirit. We thank him for everything he's done. We sing his praises. We read the word. We cast every single one of our cares on him. We commit our activities of the day to him. We set aside these times in the morning where we actually can spend time focusing on him and receiving his strength into our lives. This filling on a daily basis, it is the most important thing that we can do. There is nothing more important 
than filling your well on a daily basis. Think about a car. If your car's out of gas, mine right now has the gas light on. I'm, I may be pushing it slightly, but it has the gas light on, right? You can only go so long and say, well, I don't have time to stop and get gas. So I'm just going to keep going before the car dies because there's no gas. Yeah, I'm going to get gas. I'm going to get gas. But how true is that in our life? That when we are moving forward, we ignore all the signs that say, you're empty, you're empty, you're empty, you're empty, you got to do something. We're like, I don't got time for that. I got to keep moving. And then before you know it, you're completely empty and you're trying to figure out why is my life this way? Well, there's some natural warning signs that God's given us to be able to come into alignment again to receive the filling of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. So filling your well, what are you doing to tend your well? Yeah. And uh, the next picture that we just want to talk about is with the baptism. So, so Jason's talking about a well. We get filled initially when we ask Jesus to be our savior and say, we need you. I'm a sinner. Save me by your grace. He comes and he fills us. And then we daily go back to him and we receive from him continually from his word in prayer. Uh, we go to him and we ask him to continually fill us. We don't want to be just a baptized people. We want to be a filled people. And so we got to be filled by the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, not ignoring or leaving this part out of our life. It's very important for us to continually go to him as our source because it says we will never be thirsty again. But guess what? If you stop drinking the water, you might be thirsty again, but the source is always there. It's literally the well is right there all the time. You have him right there, but you actually have to go and get a cup of water so you're not thirsty. So if you, if you just neglect this thing, you're going to find that you're going to be thirsty, even though Jesus said you'll never be thirsty again, but it's because you're not drinking. You're not drinking. And I, I recognize this in my own life. Sometimes when you have a season where you're giving out so much, you know what happens? You neglect the well for a little while, but you know what? In those seasons, you actually need to drink more. It's kind of like you're running a marathon. What do marathon runners do? Do they drink the same amount of water we drink? No, they don't. They actually, they drink a ton of water while they're running. They have little gel packs even that are on their hips and they grab them and they slurp them down as fast as they can because it's so important for them to stay hydrated and they recognize that so they're drinking the water. And we as Christians need to recognize I'm getting thirsty. I might be running a marathon right now, so I need to drink more water, not less. So anyway... Baptism is one, something that happens one time. You don't, it, there's not like, you don't get baptized over and over and over again in the spirit. It's a one-time thing. And so uh, it's, not, it's not like if you have asked the Lord to baptize you before, it is a, a free gift. Um, so you can believe that you have received that and you don't need to keep asking him. It's kind of like in kids' life, uh, when we were kids' pastors, kids would come forward and get saved every single week. And I was like, you know what? But like you already 
ask Jesus into your heart, you have him by faith. Like you don't have to ask again and again. He's actually already there. Um, he loves you and he's forgiving you. And it's like, you're there. You don't have to keep asking. And so um, it's really good and helpful to recognize that if that is something that you've already asked him for, you have already received it by faith and you have that. So um, Luke 24, 49 says, behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And Jesus, Luke tells us that Jesus said to wait until they are clothed with power. This is the spirit baptism. You become clothed with power. So before they had the breath of life come into them and now there's something happening that's clothing them. It's out, it's external. And one, one way that you could look at it is like, uh, getting a drink from the well is like a cup that you can continually fill the cup. This would be more like you take the cup and you put it in a bucket of water and you let it get totally submerged and it's just like everything is covered in wet. Um, and so uh, we can see that it's like clothing for us. And Paul actually references the, the baptism or speaking in tongues as part of the spiritual um, clothing that we would put on. So, you know, helmet of salvation, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness. At the very end of that, Paul actually tells us this. He says, pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. So part of our clothing that we put on as Christians is actually to pray in the spirit. That's actually a part of our clothing. And I, I think that, the, um, you know, the Western church in our very, like, uh, you know, we like it to be very visible world and, like, give it to me in science terms. Um, we can forget that actually there is something really uh, spiritually special about what the Lord has done in giving us a language that the enemy can't understand. He doesn't know what we're praying. And so when we're entering into a situation that we don't know what, we don't even know what to pray, the spirit pray is praying and the enemy can't discern it. The enemy doesn't know. It's actually part of our armor. It's part of our weaponry. And so um, it's not something to be feared. It's actually something to be like excited about. Oh, praise God. I have some sort of weapon here and it's the spirit of God speaking through me. It is not me trying to come up with knowing what to say and when to say it. It's actually the spirit speaking for me and praying and interceding for me. He is part of our armor. And we don't want to neglect that part. We want to be in alignment with it. Praying in the spirit is part of our armor and we want to do that. So Jesus commanded them, don't leave until you're clothed with power from on high. It's the promise of the father. And I am, we're out of time. Ooh, I didn't even get to my part of the thing. Um, I, I know I'm preaching your notes, not my notes. <laughs> They're good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay, here's here's the 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 big piece of this. These two these two word pictures. You have well, a daily infilling that we need to make sure that our well stays full. And if it doesn't, there's we can see that. But the other word picture is the word picture of a river. 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a river that flows out. The passage here that is really cool. Where did your passage go? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nope. That's not what I'm looking for. Okay. All right. Here we go. John 7. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. The baptism of the spirit present in your life is a river of the Holy Spirit that flows out of you for what purpose? Other people. You are filled with the spirit for to strengthen your inner man and who you are. And you are baptized with the spirit to be effective for him in the world around you. This is the purpose of these two things. We're going to start digging into the gifts a little bit here. Not today. At some point. point. Not today. But as we dig into the gifts, you're going to understand that when the baptism of this comes and the gifts that come with the baptism are all for bringing and reflecting the glory of God in the world today. Because it's what the world needs to be able to see. This is the relationship between these two pieces. Okay? This is this is what is so key about this. That they work really, really well together. They have to work really well together. If, if we only have a baptism without the daily infilling, what happens is we give out and we minister and there's power going out of us, but we're empty because we lack the infilling to actually bolster up what we're pouring out. But likewise, if we are only filled without the baptism, then we're growing. We're growing in our relationship with God. We're growing, but we're not as equipped as we could be for what God wants us to do in the world today. There's not a hierarchy. This isn't like somebody's better than somebody else. If you have the baptism, that's not what we're talking about at all. I think a lot of times there, there gets to be, and again, this is a lie. This is where the enemy wants to lie to your spirit to say, if you have yet to receive the baptism or yet to receive the evidences of the baptism, then you're not as good of a Christian. That is a lie of the enemy. It's a lie from the pit of hell. But I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit has so much more for you. Why? Because you are to be anointed as the hands and feet of Jesus in the world today. And I don't know about you, but I really need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me to be able to do that. So when we look at the gifts, we look at these things that that God gives to us through the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be able to reach out. Do you see how these two things work together? There's the daily filling, the ongoing filling, and the baptism that have to be working together. Are you already filled with the Spirit? Well, if you believe in Jesus and you've given Him your life, you are. Ask for the baptism. Ask for the baptism. Father, I want to be empowered by you. I don't want to just live my life with what I can do. Now, now, don't get me wrong. The Holy Spirit works through your life at all times. And so, yes, you will be effective. But the idea of these two filling and baptism working together means that there is a greater power. There's this thing that we can tap into that we're actually able to tap into that God wants to pour out to his people. Are you baptized?
if you are, how full is your well and have you tended it? Because if you just pour out all the time without pulling back in, you're going to dry up. You're going to go empty. So this is where we want to leave you today is just processing through these things. Both are important. Both work hand in hand. And to walk away evaluating where you're at. And over this next week, as we get into to, to next weekend, again, we're going to have time to be able to pray for people at the end of service. If you're at a place where you're saying, you know what, I think I just need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. I'm empty. Like I'm completely run out. I have nothing else. I need the Holy Spirit to come fill. Come with that expectation and that, that desire for God to be able to do that. If you're at a place where you're like, yeah, I want, I want there to be greater power in my life to be able to use by him. Come asking, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be able to make you even more effective for him in the world today. Pray about these things this week as you prep for next week and, and allow him to really speak to you. And if you're here and you have actually never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and you're like, I don't, this is like, I don't get what's going on. That's okay. I would encourage you if you if you can recognize that you have done wrong things in your life, you have not lived according to what the Bible would say. You can say, I am a sinner. And you believe in your heart with faith that Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood to cover those wrong things that you've done. And he rose again from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive you. All you have to do, the Bible says, is confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the son of God. He came for me. He died for me. He forgives me and he will come and his Holy Spirit will come and it will fill your life. It will fill you and you will have him and he will be a friend and a comfort to you. He will begin to work in your life. Things that have been a struggle before will break off. Places where you felt empty will feel full. It says that he is like a bubbling brook. He comes and he like bubbles up within you. And so you can trust him in that. And so I just want to give you an opportunity. I don't know if there's anyone here today that's never asked Jesus to save them before, but I want to give an opportunity in the service because I believe that that is the power of what we have. That is the, the, that's the first step. That's the very first thing that happens is we ask him and it's the most, it's the most wonderful thing because then we're united with him forever. We don't have to walk alone. We have eternity with him. He takes us from death to life. And so I'm going to just lead you in a prayer. If, if this is your very first time praying this, or maybe you, you've prayed this prayer, but it's been a long time and you haven't been walking with God, I would just encourage you to pray this out loud and believe in your heart that he is Lord. Jesus, I thank you for coming to earth, for dying on a cross, shedding your blood and raising again so that I could have life, be forgiven and walk with you all the days of my life. Jesus, please forgive me. Make my heart new. Cleanse me. Wash me. I believe in you. I believe in the power of your resurrection into my heart and live in me 
In Jesus' name, amen. And this is something where you can truly walk away from here believing that Jesus is with you. He has forgiven you. You are made new. You are made right. It actually says that now you can go boldly before the throne. You don't have to try to prove that you're a good religious person. You actually come as you are and he leads you. He guides you. He shapes you. He moves in you. He's the one leading. And that is the power that is in you now. Good. Two things really quick, and then we'll dismiss. I know we're a few minutes over. I don't know over what time, so maybe we're not a few minutes over. Uh, Yeah, it's the kids like people. Two things. One, I know that there's a lot of questions around Holy Spirit, and we try to take these to try to open them up and make them practical, but I get that, that there's a lot of questions and just the desire to even sit down and ask. Ellie and I are always open to sit down and have conversations. We would love to be able to do that, but we do want to next week, as part of our service, be able to take a few time, uh, take a few minutes to answer some questions that people would have about the Holy Spirit. And so what I'd invite you to do is there's, you can put this up, Lane, the text us one. It should be at the end of the message. Maybe. There it is. If you have some specific questions about Holy Spirit, anything we've been talking about, anything, text this number. You can just literally text the question to that number. Like that's all you have to do. And we're going to get it. And we're, uh, the, the hope is that next week we're actually going to answer and process through a few of those in the service. Um, we're going to try to go with like the majority of what people are kind of um, submitting as far as questions. So fill that out, put those in text, and we would love to be able to process those next week uh, in the service. Additionally, in the church app, we put some resources, some more resources about the Holy Spirit. Um, one of the things that some people mentioned to me this last week was, you know, this is great, but I'd love to have some more resources. And and we have those. So there's uh, a few different books that are listed there. There's also two different sermon series, or one is a sermon series and one is a, a sermon for you to be able to listen to that will give you just a little bit more of an understanding around this. Those are all in the app that you can see there. Get the books, watch those messages to be able to have, okay? We're trying to equip the saints for the work of ministry the best we can. So <laughs> we're trying to give everything that we possibly can uh, to, to move forward. Why don't you do this? Why don't you stand? And I'm going to pray one more time and then we'll dismiss and go get our children. As you're getting your kids, maybe just just say a huge thank you to your kids' life teachers that are back there. Just love on them this morning. I would say give them tips, but that's weird. So don't do that. But um, But definitely love on them. All right, Jesus, you are so good and faithful, and we love you. We thank you for your work. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Father, I pray that you would help us to continue to move forward in everything you have for us. Help us to be learners. Help us to be able to step into what you have in these days. Father, I pray that this week you would help us to be able to know what it is to be filled with the Spirit that every day that we would be able to prioritize times of being able to receive the power of that in our lives. And Lord, also help us to be able to step out empowered by the Holy Spirit to be your hands and feet. Jesus, I thank you that you designed it, that both of these things work hand in hand. And I pray that you would continue to lead us, give us understanding in how this works. We love you so much. I thank you for every single person here. I love this church so much. And we just pray blessing to be upon every single person this week. In Jesus' name, amen.